if you can think back to the last time you bought something important, I think you'd agree that how you felt about it would have been a big part of the decision. It's the same when an employer buys a new employee. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a sales process. Yet time and time again, I come across behaviours in job candidates that are perfect for alienating their prospective buyer, also known as future boss. So here are my tips to help you increase your conversion rate so that you apply for fewer jobs before getting an interview. Now, when you hear these tips, you might be thinking, hmm, hmm, as if I'd do that. I'd love it if this podcast is a total waste of time for you, but it's worth checking. Each tip is brief, so have a listen to make sure that you don't fall into any of these traps. By the way, tip number 10 is a true story that happened to me. And by the way, these tips are designed for applicants to head office type roles in the corporate or not-for-profit world, not for government roles. Welcome to Career Chinwags for the 21st Century. I'm taking a break from my coronavirus series, and for the next little while I'm going to jump around all over the place to talk about any career issue that takes my fancy. In today's episode, I'm talking about some quick fixes that you can make to your cover letters so that they do what you want, which is to make the reader want to read your resume. Tip number one, always write a cover letter. It's very insulting to an employer if you don't write one. Their likely response is to feel that you didn't even care enough about the possibility of working for their organisation to jot down a few words. Now, don't just take my word for it. The following statistics should make you think twice about dismissing the importance of cover letters. Here's what employers say. 40% say that the cover letter is more important than the resume. 76% will reject a candidate due to poor grammar or a spelling mistake. 23% remove applicants from consideration if their cover letter is too long. And finally, 43% regard cover letters as just as important as the resume. So always write a letter even if one is not specifically requested in the job ad. By the way, when I talk about cover letters, I'm not talking about a brief message that you might put in the text box of a recruitment site. That is extremely unprofessional and it's very unattractive. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about a proper formal letter. If possible, attach your cover letter as a separate document. Don't fold it in to your resume. Because some people use the fact of whether somebody has written a cover letter or not to decide whether to bother to open the whole application. And if you've folded yours in, it's going to be hard for them to realise that you made the effort. So if the application process allows you to, make it clear, attach your cover letter as a separate document. Tip number two, make sure you come across as the star candidate. You need to cover all the key elements of the role and you need to leave no doubt in their mind that you are this star candidate. Start with the job ad as a checklist and make sure that you identify key words from the job ad and sprinkle them throughout your letter. Specify five to six key elements from your experience or your qualifications that match the job. If there's no exact fit, you have to make a parallel. 
you have to paint a picture of how your transferable skills make you worthy of consideration. What I've found is that if you're struggling to fit all your content onto one page because you've got so much content, that's a good sign. Now, you do need to get it to one page, and that's where the ruthless editing comes in, but it's a good sign that you've covered all key elements of the role. Now, how do you show that you've got what they want in the ad without exactly repeating their own content, which, of course, you can't do? What I recommend, and I'm going to talk about an Australian site, seek.com.au, which is a a recruitment site, what I do if I'm helping somebody is I'll call up 10 or so similar ads on Seek and I will look at the language of those ads. What you're going to find is there'll be a phrase in one of those ads which is a simile of the phrase or the concept that they wanted you to address that they put in their ad. Now, this does two things. It means you can convey exactly the same concept or content without mimicking their language. And the other thing I find about these ads on Seek is their nice, lively language. So it does a lot of your dirty work for you and and brings your letter to life. So that's a great starting point. Tip number three, sound like you're really interested in that role there. Now, how do you sound like you really connect with the role and the organisation in a formal letter without sounding over the top or without sounding schmaltzy? My advice is to first write from your heart. Don't go to the computer, pick up a pencil, pick up a pen and write down exactly what it is about that role that appeals to you in ordinary everyday language. That way it should ring true. You can go back later and clean it up using more formal language if you need to. It's easier to make everyday language formal. It's almost impossible to deconstruct formal language and make it sound professionally chatty. Okay, so these three tips are more big picture issues. I now want to move across to more practical matters. Tip number four. Don't use semicolons in your letter. Most applicants construct their cover letter to appear as if they're superhuman. And if you think about it, there's nothing appealing about that. Part of your task as an applicant is to make your prospective boss start to like you. I call it passing the aeroplane test, as in, "Mm, he seems nice, I'd be happy sitting next to him for five or so hours on a plane. How can I like you if you show off with semicolons? It actually makes you look very stiff and, dare I say, overly pedantic. When you litter your cover letter with them, you're sending a subtext that could well be read as, I'm a punctuation guru and you'll never match my skills. Do you really want to send this message to your prospective boss? Of course, match your content to the seniority of the role but write in a professionally chatty way. Your resume is fiercely formal. What's the point of producing another document that has the same impersonal tone? Take advantage of the fact that a letter should have a certain warmth about it and convey another aspect of your personality that is separate to your LinkedIn content and to your resume. Tip number five, address your cover letter to a person. Check the ad properly. If you're specifically asked to address a person, do so. 
Sometimes it can be hard to find the name of the person to whom you need to address your cover letter. In this instance, you're left with the choice of either Dear Sir or Madam, which is probably better than the second choice, which is to whom it may concern. Neither choice is particularly nice. So if you're given the name of the organisation but not the person, make the effort to phone and find out the name. It's a small touch, but it will set you apart from other applicants. Tip number six, obey what I'm calling the rules of a cover letter. What I mean by that is cover letters are at a very awkward stage these days. Some of the old formalities have totally gone and you need to be careful not to have them in your letter or else it looks like something from the 1940s. However, other vestiges of the cover letter are still there and it can be very difficult to know which elements to drop and which elements to keep. So let's look at a couple of issues that have disappeared. It's no longer appropriate to put your name and address on the top right-hand side of the letter. It's no longer appropriate to put a full stop after words like Mr or Ms. And when you refer to a date, the style now is to write 18 December 2020, not 18th December or not the 18th of December. Some of the things that still need to be there, you need to finish your letter with yours sincerely. Now, strictly speaking, sometimes depending on how you start your letter, it should be yours truly, but that is one of the phrases that has totally disappeared. It's yours sincerely, not kind regards. You still need on the top left-hand part of the letter to put the name and address details of the person you're writing to. Though these days it is quite acceptable to put an email address instead of a street address. Now, if you haven't kept up to date with the current norms of a business letter, I think you're going to have to Google it. But just make sure that the advice you're reading is relevant to your culture because some societies are more formal than others. Tip number seven, find a believable reason if you're trading down. Don't apply if you're a senior manager with an MBA and the role is more junior. Most employers will struggle to believe that a former manager would be willing to accept a more junior role. Now, if you really do want to trade down, here's what you can do. Firstly, you can take your qualifications out of your letter and out of your resume, or you can make your case in the cover letter to convince the person as to why you're trading down. Or finally, you can phone the employer to convince him or her that you really are at a different stage of your career. Tip number eight, highlight common text in your letter so that you don't send the wrong letter to the wrong person. What will happen with most people is they'll use a base cover letter as a pro forma for different job applications, and that's perfectly fine. But it'll be obvious to all of the readers if you don't change details that are specific to one letter when you write the next letter. So yes, of course, you should be proofreading your letter very carefully, but it's much easier to highlight common sections of your letter in the first place so that no possible error can occur. So typical places you would do this would be date, name of the organisation, job title that you're applying for. Bright pink, bright orange, next time you open up that pro forma, you'll notice that that's an area you need to change. Tip number nine, be precise, keep your paragraphs short and keep your letter to one page only. When you're referring to a job, be precise. Avoid vague phrases like in a recent role. You need to use the exact title and the exact organisation you are at if you're referring to something you did in a job. Make sure that the recipient's name and title are correct. Check that you've included the exact spelling of the organisation's name. 
In relation to length of paragraphs, there's a rule of thumb that our attention spans now are so short that no one will read a paragraph that's longer than two and two-thirds lines long. Now, you can stretch that a little bit in a cover letter, but really your paragraphs should be no more than five lines. Otherwise, people just won't read it. It is acceptable to use bullets to break up blocks of heavy text, but if you are going to use bullets, you don't want more than seven, and you need to have space between each bullet so that it's easy to read. For the private sector, the expected length is one page. But when I say one page, you can't cheat. You can't have a tiny font with no margins and long paragraphs. Your document still needs to be attractive to read. So within the constraints of an attractive document, it's actually good for you. It it, it turns into a case of less is more, that really no one is going to read more than a page. It is your job to convey everything it is you want to convey in that one page without cheating when it comes to layout. My final tip, remember this is the one that I said has actually happened to me. Don't apply for a serious job if your name is Princess. One of my colleagues told me that a child of her son's creche is called Fairy. And at the risk of being politically incorrect, dare I say, at least I hope it's a girl. So what if your first name is Princess? And that's true. I received an application from somebody called Princess. You might love a name like that. Or you might not want the bother of changing your name if that's your name. Or you might not want to offend your clearly crazy parents. But at least apply using your middle name. Wait until you've met the employer and they love you and offer you the job before you reveal your real name. That way, at least, you stand a chance of serious consideration. So in summary, cover letters, I think, are one of the most difficult documents in the world. I cannot think of another document where you are trying to do so much in so little space. I always dread helping clients to construct one. I give them the theory. They go away and do their draft. And yet it will still take us, often if it's a senior person, it'll still take us an hour sitting there together finalising this first draft. And the only good news is usually once they've got their first draft of their first letter, as I said earlier, they can adapt it and adopt it for future roles. Done well, they're invaluable. And the standard is really high. So this is an interesting issue. The standard of resumes out in the marketplace is pretty low. It's different when it comes to cover letters. Every now and again, you'll read a cover letter from somebody who clearly understands how to do it. So it's very important that you make your cover letter one of those cover letters because you don't know whether your competitors for that particular role happen to be some of those people who understand how to write a really good cover letter. Now, I know some people say they take no notice of them, but as I've mentioned earlier, you get other people who say they're more important than the resume. The bottom line is, you have no idea what the response of the reader will be. So it makes total sense to make sure that both documents, your resume and your cover letter, are done to the highest standards. It's simple, really. Put yourself in the shoes of your prospective employer. Who are they? What market are they in? What are their values? Where does the role fit in? And then sit down and take a good hard look at your cover letter. Taking into account all of the above, ask yourself, What would you think of your application if you were them? And then make the necessary changes. Here's your chance to start the wow process that I talk about all the time. Wow, he looks great. I can't wait to read his resume. Towards that process that will lead you down the path of wow cover letter, wow resume, wow interview performance, 
Wow, when can I start? I think this is podcast number 11. I'm not sure about my reviews, but I still don't have a lot of subscribers. So if you do like what you've heard, I would love it if you could share the podcast or leave a review. I'm still doing a podcast every fortnight. And next episode, I'm going to talk to you about the fascinating concept of communication canyons and how they can damage you at work, in everyday work, and of course, in interviews. And of course, I'll talk through how can you overcome these canyons. Remember, if you want to review what we've talked about, the full show notes will be at careerconsult.com.au. There you'll find a lot of backup information that, that might help you out. I'll repeat that, careerconsult.com.au. And I do a fortnightly mail out. It might be a blog, it might be a video, it might be an infographic. If you're interested, you'll find a sign-up form on the website. Let's finish with my hashtag, hashtag, why not be happy at work?